Welcome to Improv Interview. I'm Margot Escott. I'm a clinical social worker in Naples, Florida, and an improviser. And in my podcast, I get a chance to talk to some of the greatest improvisers in the world, and also therapists who are using improv in their clinical practice. Today is a special guest. We spoke a few years ago. His name is Cam Algy. He's with Second City Toronto, and he's a pioneer in teaching improv for anxiety. Cam is a very funny fellow, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Good day, Cam Algy. Good to speak to you. Well, good day to you, Marka. And I'm so excited because this is nearly our two-year anniversary when I started my podcast. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you meant uh, is it our two-year anniversary? Was I first? You were almost first. Uh, so, I know. Well, happy anniversary anyway, even though it has nothing to do with me. Uh, I I thought we had shared an anniversary and an anniversary. Well, it was kind of an anniversary. You were only the fourth person. So, you know, you're fourth in one. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were... were Pardon? That's a good ranking. That's a good rank. Yeah, but number four. Number yeah. four? Number four. Number fourth world. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're in Toronto today, and you said they're having heat wave up there. It's for, uh, for like, uh, what are we, mid-October? I guess still near the start. Uh, for October 9th, it's like, uh, it apparently feels like 34 out. Uh, tomorrow's going to be another hot day, but uh, so that's rare. I'm wearing shorts in October is rare, I guess. Wow. That's what I'm saying. It's wow. exciting. It's beautiful. It's global warming. It is. I don't, it I don't is. know if that's true. I, I thought. Know. Well, I thought you were talking about your legs. It's exciting. It's beautiful. You're talking about your legs. <laughs> yeah, wearing shorts. Wearing shorts is exciting and beautiful for the world to, you know, see my legs. Get to see my uh, pale, pale thin legs. All right. I don't need to judge my body. All right. So you're a second city, Toronto, and you've been there for a while. How long have you been there anyway? Uh. Huh. Uh, I don't know, four years? Okay. I, li- I like legit don't know the answer, but it's around there. Okay. Four or five. And before that... I, t- I, I, took a, I took a class there like 13 years ago. That was the first time I ever like stepped foot in the second city. But I've been teaching there like, uh, yeah, four or five. I'll say that. Five. Hmm. I'll do everything in fives or tens. Fives or tens. Like your legs, you got five toes or ten toes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Depending on. So how wait a minute. You're looking at. Okay, I can't really see them. I'd like to. Um, so wait a minute. You you, <laughs> you, you started. I'll send a photo. Okay, <laughs> Instagram it. You started at Second City Toronto, and then you went down to Chicago. Never went down to Chicago. You never did. Should I? Should I have gone? I feel like I missed it. No, no, because you're perfect the way you are. Aww. In fact, Cam, you didn't miss... Aren't we all? <laughs> what? I guess we all are perfect the way we are right yeah. now. Yeah. You didn't miss out on anything. Out. Oot. Oot. Um, oot. Oh, this is uh, the Canadian thing? Oot yeah. boot? You know, I always want to <laughs> I always want to go... Do you, oh, the, uh, 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 what is it, Rick Moranis and, uh, yeah. uh, the, uh, yeah, uh, what, uh, what is that show called? 
All right, I should know. This is this is just a lack of Canadian culture coming yeah. through. Because that's Second right City now. TV, Chicago, uh, Toronto. Yeah, SCTV. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Hey, I have a shout out to a mutual friend right now, and okay. uh, that's a man named Nick John, who I think you Hi. know. Hi, Nick. Is that how is that how the shout outs work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like we both. Nick, if you're listening, how's it going? Yeah. Well, he'll tell us, I'm and sure. Then, uh, and then next time you interview Nick, uh, he will reply to that, and then we'll just go back and forth and have a conversation. In fact, I'm only going to be interviewing you and Nick from now on, every other week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go back and forth, and people are just listen to our conversation. Uh, well, let's talk about anxiety a little bit. Um, I just was fortunate enough, and you're you're an inspiration to me, and you've been kind of a mentor, too. You give me some great suggestions and advice since I met you two years okay. ago. Really? And about, I know how you got into improv, but maybe you could fill in people who are, uh, you know, not totally cam savvy. <laughs> uh, I mean, Google, I guess. Uh, oh, how I got I got into improv. Uh, well, my my therapist recommended it, and uh, I hated that idea, and then therefore hated my therapist and stopped seeing that therapist because um, yeah, improv sounded like such a scary thing for someone who like at the at the point where I was seeing a therapist, it was because my anxiety had like it was truly affecting my life and making me want to not live. Um, and so, yeah, it, it felt like, oh, I got to deal with this somehow. And so my therapist, because I joke my way through, or I should say used to, hopefully I'm more vulnerable now, I mm-hmm. uh, used to joke my way through any vulnerable moments that he tried to have with me, and then I guess last couple times and said, oh, I think you'd enjoy... Uh, in Private Second City, and my brain interpreted that as, hey, Cameron, I don't understand any of what you're going through. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> that you're in a constant state of fear and dread and terror and hate your life. What you should do is go up on stage and, and like make people laugh on the spot. Uh, and I was like, nope, sounds terrible. Uh, but then... I guess around six months later uh, of me trying to fix myself, hit, hit, hit an emotional rock bottom where I thought, huh, um, uh, I guess, I guess I could uh, contemplate the ending life route. Uh, but I was scared to do that, much like scared of everything else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I was like, well, let's try let's try this improv thing. And so had uh, my wife, Sally, and a friend of mine from work named Tom uh, come to a class with me. I kind of, not forced them, but I, <laughs> I strongly requested a support group come with me for my first class. That's great. And then, um, and then uh, yeah, just was uh, really scared and intimidated my uh, first class there but the teacher was great and um, yeah started to feel more at ease week by week it was still like a struggle to get to class I mean that's the thing with anxiety it's like it's all the anticipation and fearing the worst 
but what I noticed in class, I had fun, so uh, I kept going to it uh, with no. I had no intention of like quitting advertising and making improv my life. Um, but I, I kept going back, and it it, uh, it seemed to be helping me come out of my shell, helping me connect with other people, uh, judge myself less, be open to things. And so I was like, yeah, this feels good, this feels good, let's do this, let's do this all the time. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of fell into that new career over time, as I took, took all the classes I could you know, that were around that I could take and then, yeah, just immersed and started touring with improv teams and performing stuff like that. And now teach it. And, that, uh, and I don't know if that was, that, that felt like a long, short version. No, that's good. That's good. We got time. We're, this is a six-hour uh, podcast, so we've we got plenty of time. So, so you, well, you, I was born on... <laughs> okay. No. So you have an official title at uh, Second City Toronto. <laughs> we all need I mean, a title. We all need somebody to describe this. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm lead, lead facilitator uh, and instructor for the Improv for Anxiety program. But yeah. also just general instructor of other things, too. How did how did the anxiety program come about? Uh, well, uh, a few years, like maybe maybe like five years or so before this math works out. I was uh, I had graduated from another school in Toronto called Impatient Theater. It doesn't exist anymore, but was long, was long form focused. Mm -hmm. For anyone who knows the different styles of improv. Um, and uh, so then I started teaching there, level one. That was the first place I taught. And uh, and then I went to, after, after getting comfortable with the idea of teaching, I went and to the artistic director there and said, um, I, for, I said to him, I first got into improv for therapeutic reasons, and it helped me tremendously therapeutically. Uh, and I'm, I, I see it kind of a direct link between, like, be in the moment and judge yourself less, and, and, like, yes, and acceptance and all this great stuff. Um, I would love to, like, create a class for people, uh, an improv class for people who could like um, come come and play, who are scared to play. Uh, essentially, I was pitching a class where, uh, hey, anyone who's too scared to come to the class, let's have a class for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it didn't quite make sense from a marketing standpoint. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> then 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 we ran it at a work we ran a workshop one time there. And uh, it went okay, it went well. I feel like it was more of a learning experience for me than <laughs> the class, uh, as I feel like every first class seems mm -hmm. to be. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I think this can work. Uh, let's do this. And then that school, uh, hopefully not because of this, but that school kind of financially went under. It was one of those schools that... Uh, 
it was run by improvisers, even on the business end. So Ooh. It wasn't, uh, wasn't quite as... <laughs> button-down as maybe other schools. <laughs> uh, and so it kind of just dissolved. Uh, and then years later, when I got uh, got myself fired from advertising, because I was like, oh, I'd like to make a go of improv. Uh, let's see if I can get some severance. Uh, when I got fired from advertising, I <laughs> thought, uh, oh, by then... Uh, Chicago had started running an Improv for Anxiety mm-hmm. program. Yeah. And so essentially all I had to do was like, oh, my, the thing that I want to do now exists. Right. So, so I just need to go into Second City, Toronto. Uh, they, they knew who I was. They knew I had taught at other schools. They knew, they'd seen me perform regularly. I was on a reasonably respected team. And so I went in, uh, and I'd also gone through conservatory at Second City. So I went in and said, uh, hey, I would like to teach this here. Uh, and then they said, cool, yeah, let us, uh, let us think about it for a bit. And maybe, this was around September. Uh, and they were like, oh, let us think about it for a bit. And it started in the new year. And so uh, I was like, okay. So then what I started doing was running the class for free out of their space. Like I would, I would pay for rent mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then invite people who wanted to like uh, try this as a way for me to like brainstorm exercises, right. uh, try it out, get, get comfortable with it. Uh, how much time are we going to spend on like uh, – you know, sit down chats before and after, like debriefs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and just kind of working through the kinks. And then I guess enough people started showing up that Second City was like, okay, yeah. I don't know if this was your intention to prove that it's a viable thing, <laughs> uh, but it seems like uh, it seems like we're good to go. And then started it January of whatever either four or five years ago. I'd <laughs> say five. I'd say five. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, uh, and then before that, I should say, before that, I had been running a class through through my own website, uh, Play With Fire Improv. Mm-hmm. I had been running uh, Play Anxiety Away as a, as a uh, like a, a similar style class. Uh, without without necessarily the run of uh, Second City, like Second City has like an A B C D E style system, whereas this was like a one off. Uh, like the Play with Fire classes were just a one off. Uh, try try improv. It helped me. I hope it helps you. Um, yeah, give it give it a go. Kind of classes. So, how many classes do you have now, in, for anxiety? Well, at Second City, we run usually an A and a B, and then for uh, Play With Fire Improv, I am, yeah, I guess I'm currently doing the same thing, which is running a level one and a level two. And level two is not, again, not like a ranking thing of like harder, uh, it's just like more. (laughs) Round two is more of this. Uh, we like round one. Give us more. Right. Uh, so, like, yeah, uh, I guess on average four. But I, but I don't, I don't. Uh, I teach all of mine through Play with Fire and Pro, but I don't necessarily teach them all at Second City. Okay. Uh, we have like we've grown a faculty now. 
uh, people. That's great. How many people do you take in a class? Uh, I will count around 12-ish uh, or so. And uh, Second City, Second City, uh, I guess maybe maybe around the same, between like uh, around 14, 16. Mm -hmm. They might go as high as 18, depending on the, the demand. Um, because, yeah, it's, they're, they're a bigger name and a bigger draw. Well, um, as you know, and uh, I started my first improv for anxiety class here in Naples. I've had two sessions, and uh, and you were really helpful for that. And and I wanted to share that um, just just people showing up. I couldn't believe it that you know they, they have an anxiety <laughs> disorder and they come to the theater and some of them didn't know me at all, had never been to the theater before, and they showed yeah. up. So it's just so courageous. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Now you have a philosophy about sharing games or exercises uh, about improper anxiety we were talking about earlier. You know, I, I asked you what kind of games you were using, and can you remember what you told me back then? <laughs> I mean, I can roughly, I can roughly, like, I still have the same brain that came up with the answer, so I'll, I'll see if it goes, see if it works. Um, oh, yeah, for me, because uh, I, I mean, I get, um, you know, I'm I'm like I'm excited to hear that improv for anxiety is like it's it's you know it's spreading. The idea is spreading, uh, and it's exciting that more people throughout the world have access to this. And so yeah, people will message me and say, hey, what you know, what are what are the best exercises and stuff like that. What I usually try and uh, tell them first first off is um, prioritize play over lessons. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think much much like me early days, uh, I was like, okay, I want to teach them, um, you know, to uh, maybe I want to teach them to like judge themselves less. Okay, so what are what are some existing improv improv exercises uh, exercises uh, improv exercises that like help people focus on judging themselves less? What are some that I could create or like morph into being this lesson? And then I would spend all class like, uh, learn this lesson, learn this lesson, learn this lesson, judge yourself less, judge yourself less. Uh, and there were times where I felt like the lesson overtook the play mm -hmm. to the point where, mm -hmm. to the point where it wasn't about laughing and having fun. It was about learn this lesson. Right. And, and I, and I think, uh, my advice to like whenever there's uh, a new faculty member at Second City for the anxiety program, I always tell them the improv, let the improv do the work. The improv is like the way in. If you taught the exact same curriculum as a regular level A uh, under, the, under the umbrella of improv for anxiety, it would still be so beneficial. Right. Uh, it's, it's, don't necessarily think of it as like, how do I, how do I turn this into a therapy class? It really is laughing. Uh, like for me, I, when I first took class, I hadn't necessarily laughed in years. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I was depressed and anxious. And so the idea of laughing was life changing. So, so it's one of those things of realize the power that of the improv and, and maybe like take yourself 
out of it as much as possible. Right. Uh, like the more you overthink it, I, I feel like I don't know how I don't know how much more helpful it's getting the more you overthink it. Uh, improv <laughs> is truly powerful across the board. You throw any exercise. Uh, as long as it's like fun and playful, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's powerful. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't necessarily worry too much about like which ones work and which ones don't. There are certain ones that are scary day one, <laughs> like uh, like I wouldn't have any like two person scenes or anything scary <laughs> that first day. But again, over over the period of a long term class, when your goal is to build that sense of safety uh, and like everyone knows they're in this together and it's like it has a support group like vibe uh, in a sense of we we don't judge each other we love each other take care of each other then you can start introducing scenes so there's still not something to be ruled out Um, yeah I just uh, I feel like for me my learning curve over years of teaching the class was uh, you know, I got to learn them. I got to learn them. I got to learn them these specific things like you are enough or like uh, judge yourself less or your body and mind are connected. Those things they will learn. Uh, the the main lesson is play. Right. Like, like help people who haven't had fun in a long time have fun. And it's, uh, and it's huge. It's like, that's hugely powerful. I look back on my time at Second City uh, and taking those classes and realize, oh, I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily learning therapy, but I was getting a chance to release through laughter. I was getting a chance to take a break from thinking I was broken. If anything, it was a break from doing the work, which was nice. Uh, when you when you spend your life doing self help and therapy, and your mission is just fix yourself, uh, that can be like a daunting project, and just becomes overwhelming. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, like I did, I became so obsessed with fixing myself that I would I would see myself as a problem a hundred percent of the time, and it was just more depressing. Right. Right. The more I worked on myself, and so having this little oasis of play was huge. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I would I would strongly recommend don't turn the play into into more work for them. Um, I'm sure I'm sure anyone who comes to this class is probably already doing some of the work, mm-hmm. uh, either either through therapy or self help. And so this is this is an opportunity to do it without being conscious of it or being like really in your face. It's like help them forget, uh, help them, help them have a break from seeing themselves as a problem or something that they need to work on fixing and just have fun and play. And the play is so important because adults lose their ability to play. And, uh, so that's really, really, huh? So one of the first exercises I do is I get people in dyads and they talk about playful experiences before the age of 10 or 11. And they see people in an entirely different light. So, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, um, it's it's like getting our inner kids to play again. Right. 
Exactly. And, uh, you know, George Carlin was asked how old he was. He said, I'm two, I'm three, I'm five, I'm nine, I'm 12. You know, I'm all those ages still. We just forget to yeah. tap into it, I think. Well, you're certainly a playful person, Mr. Cam Algy. And I am delighted well, to you. be speaking with you today. And I guess we'll have our fourth year anniversary at some point. <laughs> but, I like uh, that. I'd like to really get to Toronto and see the improv scene because I know it's fantastic up there. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. It really, it really, uh, it really has grown just in like, uh, I mean, I've, I've only like been part of it, as I said, like 10, like 10 to 15 years. Uh, it feels like it's grown tremendously. Uh, there's, there shows I can think of four, three or four venues. No, like I can think of like four venues off the top of my head that have improv shows every night. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, it's it's just big thriving community. You know something else I love about you, Cam, is that you like to keep tell things. Me. <laughs> I am <laughs> going to tell you now. <laughs> is that you keep things simple? You know, I still have some anxiety myself, and I know for me it's about perfectionism. I've gotten much better with it, but I don't know if you can relate to that need to be perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a strong there's a strong link between like anxiety and perfectionism. In that because it's very hard <laughs> like it's very hard to be perfect, it's very hard to hold yourself to the to like that bar that is out of reach all the time. Uh, and constantly striving towards the perfect bar is uh, yeah, it's very overwhelming and stressful and anxiety inducing. Um I, I can't, I honestly can't remember where I, uh, when, when I stopped doing that, because uh, I relate to that in, uh, like, I relate to perfectionism very strongly in a past sense mm -hmm. that I, did, I had such high demands of myself, of myself, like be the best or like second best is shit kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. like in a like black or white thinking, it's, it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I thought, okay, I have to be the best or I'm garbage. Uh, whereas now I'm just very comfortable being garbage. Uh, <laughs> or just like very comfortable being like, uh, like I don't, I don't need to win anymore. Right. Even uh, like to give to give an example of that, I played. Uh, I used to play like uh, street street hockey, and I would play in net. Uh, and because I was so like high strung wired, uh, my 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 flinching, my like flinching, my like uh, my like nervousness had like like just high paced movements. And so if the ball was coming, my hand would just like like flip up to catch the ball uh, and then I played uh, a couple of years ago people invited me back to play and so I played in net and I just I really couldn't care if the ball went in the net or if we lost like it was just this uh, like I was just suddenly a different person where my movements were much slower uh, you know I didn't need to win I was like oh man I am I am no longer helpful <laughs> in this setting mm -hmm. uh, but I'm certainly enjoying life a lot more and uh, yeah. yeah I was just kind of laughing I feel like kind of laughing at how different a player I was um, but yeah it certainly carried over in life too which was like oh I don't need 
it's very freeing to not need to be better than you are right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it took me took me years of wanting to be better and striving to be better and putting in the work to be better uh, before I just felt like, oh, you know what, I'm good enough. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, 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 something, something yeah. just kind of changed. Where I was like, every every day I wake up, I'm like, yeah, this is good enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't need to put in the work, kind of thing. Yeah. You know that reminds, that reminds me of using mindfulness, which I do in all of my classes, um, and use mindfulness philosophy and mindfulness meditation. Are you into mindful? Are you doing meditation at all for yourself, Cam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Uh, <laughs> I sometimes try and wean myself off. And this is probably me overthinking uh, meditation. But, but I find uh, if I meditate before bed, I sleep much better, mm-hmm. deeper, uh, feel more well-rested. Uh, and then there are some nights where I go to bed and I'm like, well, I don't want to rely on meditation. Uh, like I don't want I don't want this to be like some addiction where I need meditation in order to have a good night's sleep, and then I overthink it. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, I'd say for the most part I try and uh, do it at least at least once a day. It is uh, um, yeah, I, I find it yeah still still to this day tremendously helpful. Like I I, I don't. I, I no longer would label myself an anxious person or think of myself that way. Uh, like I guess I'm recovered. Or wonderful, wonderful. Uh, um, but but I would say I still, yeah, I still like feel that meditation is important and helpful, even even to my new, uh, more relaxed mind. I still enjoy meditating. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I think once, for me, once I've been teaching as long as you have and get interviewed seven times a week by, you know, journalists, et cetera, <laughs> then that little bit, because I, for me, the mindfulness helps me so much to remember to be here now. And because if I'm feeling anxious, it's about the future. And uh, yeah. if I'm feeling sad, it's about the past. And who wants to go there? So, uh, again, yeah. I am really delighted to get to chat with you again, Cam. This has been wonderful. And uh, I, I love the work that you're doing, that we're all doing. Improvise, improvising is, like, all over the world now, and the improper yeah. anxiety. And it's not therapy, but it is therapeutic. But there are people that are, do, that are doing research to kind of show that it could be, like, psychodrama or music therapy in terms of, in my, in my profession as a clinician. So, yeah, for sure. So thank for sure. you. I mean, I I have seen the proof firsthand, <laughs> so I'm not necessarily waiting on beta breath for the results. Right, I right, right, right. I can only assume that I can only assume there'll be positive results, uh, or else I'm not sure how the research works. But uh, yeah, uh, it's exciting that it's becoming I, I guess more like legitimized in yeah. the, in that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, because I I think that'll also bring it to a whole new market of people who are maybe skeptical about it. And, and again, certainly, like, I didn't want to take the class. I felt like I had to. Like, I'd reached a point in my life where I was desperate to try anything. Whereas, uh, you know, maybe if I'd known 
that, you know, there's scientific results behind it, I would have been more willing to try it earlier. Um, so, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great that it's spreading and words getting out about it. And I love that you're teaching it. Thank you. I'm excited for you in your class. Thank you. All right. Well, I will see you sometime in Canada. And yeah, you're going to come visit, right? Oh, Canada. I wish I could sing the song, but I can't really sing it. But I'll say, oh, Cameron, oh, Cameron, what a delight to be with you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's roughly how it sounds. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I just want to say I love you and thank you for being a guest. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Great. I like that. Thanks, Margo. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.